the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We are, as a corporate people, to recognize that we worship a wonderful, active, and capable God. God is wonderful for His people. That's Pastor Michael Oxentenko, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here at Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today's broadcast with Pastor Michael Oxentenko is the conclusion to a message entitled, His Name is Wonderful. That's His Name is Wonderful. We know that you'll enjoy it, and if you'd like to get a copy, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Here now is Pastor Michael Oxentenko with today's Reaching Your Heart. There was a rock in the Old Testament that followed them, and that rock is not just an inanimate stone. In the pillar of fire and cloud, he says in 1 Corinthians 10, it followed them. And that rock was Christ. You go to Revelation 7, in the center of God's throne, the blue sapphire stone throne of God is the Lamb. You cannot separate God's authority from Jesus Christ. In fact, the metaphor teaches us that at the heart of all that is God, at the heart of His authority, is the person of Jesus Christ. The covenant, the Word of God, proceeded and came forth from Christ. So Christ is the rock of ages. You know, sometimes songs get it right when theologians don't know what they're doing. Rock of ages, cleft for me. Let me hide myself in Thee. You know, there's a reason why they put that spear in Jesus' side, because Moses struck the rock. It's the same rock in the Hebrew Bible. It was the rock and the cloud that followed them that was to give them water. So the covenant was inside that box. A piece of that blue sapphire stone throne was right there. And the covenant was a copy of the law of God written for the people. And God's law and God's name in the Bible are always the same thing. When it says, hallowed be thy name, it means hallowed be thy law. Because God's name is a description of who he is morally. In fact, in 2 Samuel 6-2, the ark was called by the name of the Lord. So when the box that holds God's name and God's covenant and God's presence shows up, it's a wonderful thing that God is in the box. I want God in my box. What about you? I want him in the box of our church. But in a real sense, he was in someone more personally than he can ever be in us. The word for wonders is used two times in the book of Judges. Judges 6.13, Judges 13.19. In Judges 6.13, Gideon is a little cynical with God. He challenges the angel of the Lord when the promise is made that God will deliver again. Look at Judges 6, verse 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Now, he never fought a battle in his life. He was never engaged in warfare himself. Verse 13, And Gideon said to him, Pray, sir. He's speaking respectfully to the angel of the Lord, who is the preexistent Christ, eternal God in angel form. Pray, sir, if 
the Lord is with us. Why then has all this befallen us? And where are all his wonderful deeds, which our fathers recounted to us, saying, Did the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has cut us off and given us into the hand of the Midian. He says, What? Well, look, God did wonderful works back then, but where is he now? I don't buy it. I don't see the presence of God in my life. He's interacting with the angel of the Lord very honestly here. Gideon is simply asking the angel of the Lord why the wonderful things of God are all in the past. And God tells Gideon that his works are yet to be felt because he says, Gideon, you are called to be a mighty man of valor. It is not the will of God there be anyone in the church who is a weak, passive presence in the church. We are called to serve God as valiant warriors and extenders of his kingdom. The second time the word for wonders is used is in Judges 13, 19. The angel of the Lord that appeared to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob was the preexistent Christ before he took the form of the angel of the Lord to reach his creatures. Paul tells us in Philippians 2, 6 that he was in the very form of God. He starts his journey before all time within the bosom of the Father, John says. Eternal deity Christ is. And then Paul says he became a servant. The servant was present in the Old Testament. Isaiah speaks in his servant songs of the angel of the Lord as the servant of the Lord. But then he becomes a human being as the servant. Look at the verses. Verse 5. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant. You see, that didn't happen in Bethlehem's manger at first. That happened when he took the form of the angel of the Lord who was the guardian, protector, and servant of God's people in the Old Testament. But notice the condescension here. And was made in the likeness of men. And then he moved out of angel form into human form to become a human baby. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even to the death of the cross. So the journey of Christ is the journey of one who had the form of God because he is God, who became God's servant in the Old Testament, who created the world, who guarded the nation of Israel. And then he moved deeper in to become a human being to save us from our sins. This is the great emptying, the kenosis of Philippians 2, and Christ emptied himself to save us. Christ condescended to appear as an angel. And when Jesus was born, his wings got clipped as he became a baby in Bethlehem's manger. Friend, Christ is the second person of the Holy Trinity. And when you see the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament, you are looking at the preexistent Christ on the move toward Bethlehem and the cross. The servant is on the move to where he will become a human being. The angel of the Lord appeared to Samson's parents just before Samson was born. Samson in Hebrew is a wordplay on the word son, Shemesh. Samson's name is Shimshon, and Samson was the son of the light by metaphor. Delilah is a wordplay for the Hebrew word for night. Layala, night, Delilah, you can hear it. She was the daughter of the night. Names matter in the Bible. They are part of the story that God works out as his wonders. The angel of the Lord appears to Samson's parents before he was born with the command to stay away from grapes and not get drunk. Samson's birth was a prophetic type of the birth of Jesus. Judges 13.3 were zeroing in. And the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said to her, Behold, you are barren and have no children, but you shall conceive and bear a son. Therefore beware and drink no wine or strong drink and eat nothing unclean. It was like Sarah all over again. 
But this time, it's not the past, it's the present. It's the present circumstance that requires God's intervention. God was on the march again to work wonders for his people. And the advice for Samson's mother was wonderful prenatal advice. It is also wonderful advice for parents today. Let's not move too fast here. Number one, stay away from alcohol. Isn't that what the angel of the Lord's saying? Come on. I mean, you can forget this social drinking nonsense. Stay away from it. The angel of the Lord knows what you need. You don't need it. Number two, don't eat unclean foods like mice, pigs, rock badgers, elephants, and scavenger fish like catfish. That's what he's saying. You don't need the disease these animals offer. Pick that which is right before God. If it's good enough for Samson, it's good enough for me. You ever see the old cartoons of Popeye the sailor man? Popeye the you know. What was the secret to his strength? It was a can of spinach. You'd open it, you pull the spinach out, and boom, his muscles would bound. You know, I think Samson was a skinny guy. I don't think Samson was a muscle-bound Arnold Schwarzenegger type. I think he was a skinny guy. And when the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, he did the incredible Hulk thing. His muscles started bulging. His shirt started ripping off of him. And everybody knew you better not mess with Samson because the Spirit of the Lord had come upon this little skinny guy. I don't know. That's my idea. But maybe it was the stuff he was told to eat. Eat stuff you could put on an altar, God is saying, without the blood in it, without disease, because your son is holy. You as parents must be holy. As Christians, we should hold the highest standard of temperance that is not bizarre. You know, there are bizarre health practices running around. We don't need that. But the great standard of health principles that are sound and sensible, eat healthy stuff and provide a good example. Samson's father's name was Manoah and his name means rest or lazy. Imagine being named rest or lazy by your dad. He needed a kick in the pants to get things done. He needed to hear things more than once to get the point. The angel of the Lord disappeared from Samson's mother. But when Samson's father prayed because he needed more advice, wasn't good enough his wife could share the advice with him. He wanted it straight from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord came back because Samson's father prayed the lazy, restful man, prayed that the Lord would help him. You know, we need Christ to give us motivation in the church, don't we? He wasn't the brightest dad on the block, and he needed more counsel from the angel of the Lord. The angel of the Lord shows up, friend, when people pray for good advice and counsel. When you need help to understand what to do, Jesus is close to be found. In this story, the angel of the Lord is the mighty counselor for two parents who don't have a clue how they're going to raise the strongest man to ever live. They need a mighty counselor to show the way, and so they pray that the angel of the Lord will help them again. So he comes back to help them again. We live in a day when philosopher king theologian types have misguided the church so that people trust the wisdom of these men instead of the wisdom of God's Word. You know, let it be that there are no people named in this church again by the designation theologian. You know why? Because that is not a spiritual gift. We are teachers and pastors in the church. We are to lift up the authority of the Word of God in the church. And I frankly, when I stand in a procession, I hear one in our own midst stand up and say, I'm a theologian. I am going to stand up and say, Brother, where is that gift in Ephesians 4? It is not to be found. We are all men and women who must be taught of God. We need to pray for the mighty counselor to come and lead the church in the right way. And thus leaders must be humble teachers of God's word. Judges 13.8, the Manoah entreated the Lord and said, O Lord, I pray thee. Now he's doing the right thing. He's involved with God in a prayer life. 
O Lord, I pray thee, let the man of God whom thou didst send come again to us and teach us what we're to do with the boy that will be born. What he's saying is we need the counselor. And so the mighty counselor returned to Manoah, whose name means rest or lazy. And when he came back, the Bible says the angel of the Lord told him the same thing he told his wife before. Sometimes God has to repeat himself because we can't get the point. We don't listen to the advice that God has given others, so he repeats himself. Jesus has always been, friend, in the Old Testament and New, the mighty counselor in every age for people who need wisdom and motivation. When they saw the angel of the Lord, they wanted to know his name. Who is he? At ancient times, it was thought that if you knew the name of a god, you could control that god in some way. And so they have a reason for asking this. Look at Judges 13, verse 17 to 19. And Manoah said to the angel of the Lord, What is your name, so that when your words come true, we may honor you? And the angel of the Lord said to him, Why do you ask my name, seeing it is what? Is wonderful. So his name is what? The angel of the Lord, his name is what? Wonderful. Now underline that in your Bible. Now this connection I'm going to share with you today didn't come from me. I have a good friend who this last week shared with me the insight that I'm sharing with you. You know, I'm learning from lay people. Pastors can learn from lay people. A profound insight. So the angel of the Lord, his name is wonderful. Now look at verse 19. So Manoah took the kid with the cereal offering, offered up upon the rock to the Lord, to him who works wonders. So the angel of the Lord, here very close connected with the Lord. It is the Lord. And so the mighty counselor showed up to give them good advice, and Samson's father wanted to know his name. Pastor Michael Oxentenka will continue in just a moment. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith. Call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today. That number is 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Or you can stop by our website, reachingyourheart.com. That's reachingyourheart.com. Let's get back to the broadcast now. Here is Pastor Michael Tanka with more of today's Reaching Your Heart. And like Moses all over again, he asks for God's name. And the angel of the Lord says, why do you ask me? He never tells him his name here, but he does say, my name is wonderful. So the expectation is set in play. What will his name be that is wonderful? All this is the backdrop for the promise that was made to Isaiah the prophet that we so often remember at Christmas. The clearest promise was made in the book of Isaiah, the gospel prophet, that sounds so much like the promise to Samson's mother in Judges 13.3. Look at Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name what? Emmanuel. There's a direct contextual link from this verse in Isaiah 7:14 to the promise of the wonderful counselor, Prince of Peace, in Isaiah 9:6. The angel of the Lord, friend, was the mighty counselor who had appeared to Samson's parents. And the angel of the Lord revealed to them that his name is wonderful. 
All the saving acts of God in the past were His mighty acts for His people as wonders. He's the one who brought God's people out on eagles' wings. His wings. All the wisdom of God we need at every hour of need came from Him. As the wisdom of God, as the wonderful source of wisdom, all the promises of God and the Word of God that are wonderful and powerful promises in our life were embodied in principle in the Ark of the Covenant where the greatest promise was found, not in a box, but in the angel of the Lord, the angel of the covenant. He was the ultimate box of God's presence. And the angel of the Lord, who was the mighty counselor to Samson's parents, who was the guardian protector of the Jewish nation, had a name that was wonderful. He said to Samson's parents, you see that my name is wonderful. The promise of Christmas is not just about a baby born in human form, showing up to be the savior of the world with no context. It's not just about God jumping into the body of a genetically engineered infant to reach the human race and be a sacrifice. No. The promise of Christmas, friend, is about the mighty angel of the Lord, who was God in angel form, the servant in the Old Testament, who was the eternal angel of the Lord, because before he was that, he was the very form of God. And that condescension brought him to us in Bethlehem's manger, Emmanuel, God with us. The angel of the Lord who created the world is the second person of the Trinity, who is the eternal one that shows up in the fire of the vision for Samson's parents. The one who led God's people out of Egypt and who protected Abraham's family and who was so active for his people in the Old Testament comes to us as the Prince of Peace at Christmas, the great condescension. Satan is a mighty foe. I'm telling you, he hates us. He hates you and your family. And friend, there is only one being that can stand up to this fallen angel. It is the angel of the Lord who is the Lord, the pre-existent Christ, the captain of the Lord's host, the commander of the Lord's armies, who has become the mighty prince of David, the Messiah prince for us in human form. You know, in the Old Testament, the sword was carried by one in angel form. In the New Testament, Jesus Christ can whack just as good as he did in the Old against the forces of evil. The messenger friend that comes from the bosom of God in the Gospel of John is the God himself as the guardian angel of the Lord who was assigned to the people of Israel. Look at John 1 verse 10. He was in the world. The world was made through him. This is speaking of Christ. Yet the world knew him not. He came to his own and his own received him not. Who were his own? The Jewish people. He was assigned to them as the guardian protector of the Jewish nation. All the other nations had these evil angel overlords after the Tower of Babel according to Daniel 10 and also Deuteronomy and a few other places. But right there we see that Christ was assigned as the guardian protector of Israel. That was the angel of the Lord. Verse 12, But as many as received him, to them he gave authority or power to become the children or sons of God, even to them that believe on his name, which is his law, his covenant. The messenger or angel of the covenant friend in Malachi 3.1 is the covenant himself. You cannot separate the covenant if he is the angel who carries it. In the Old Testament, it says, my name is in him in Exodus 23, 21. You can take my covenant name, Yahweh, the eternal name of who I am, the I am that I am God. It is inside this being, this angel that will lead you to the promised land. He's not an angel. He's a special messenger. He's God in angel form. That means the sacred barks of the ark, what holds the holy covenant, In Deuteronomy 4.11, the Ten Commandments, 
The angel of the Lord is more profoundly the Ark of the Covenant. You go to Jesus' tomb when He died. You look what happened after He died. There's an angel at His feet, right? There's an angel where? At His head. The Greek says, pros, towards His feet, towards His head. You see, even in death, Christ is the box. He is the Ark of the Covenant. He is the presence of God. In human form, the angel of the Lord was the box in the old. More profoundly so, Christ is the box in the new. Friend, the greatness that is God was in the angel of the Lord in the Old Testament. Not an angel of the Lord, not a messenger from the Lord, but the angel or messenger of the Lord, the one who can really declare who God is. He carried all that is God for us inside himself, to us, for us, as the love of God sent to save us at Christmas for the cross. Isaiah calls him the angel of God's presence who carried and redeemed his people in ancient times. He is the Redeemer and he's the Savior. The word carry in Hebrew means to forgive. Look at Isaiah 63, verse 8. For he said, Surely they are my people, children that will not lie. So he was their Savior. In all of their affliction he was afflicted. That's not an indifferent being. That's a being who cares about us. In all of their affliction he was afflicted. And the angel of his presence saved them. See, the angel of his presence, the angel of the Lord, is the Savior. In his love and his pity, what else did he do? He redeemed them. And he bare them or carried them all the days of old. He forgave them. That was the preexistent Christ here described. He's the good shepherd who is the Lord himself in Psalms 23. How does it go? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The promise is not just the promise of a baby at Christmas, friend. The promise is the wonderful promise that the angel of the Lord, whose name is Wonderful, will become the peace child baby at Christmas. The wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. The mighty everlasting God will become the prince of peace. The angel of the Lord that encamps around God's people and delivers them will become a baby at Christmas time. The prophet Malachi pointed to the future as the great day of the Lord's appearing. Who can stand when he appears? Friend, one day, when the time is right, the prophets knew that the angel of the Lord, who is the mighty presence of God in angel form for God's people in the Old Testament, would disappear forever as an angel. He would never be found again in that form. The wings would be clipped. He'd be metamorphosed down, not up, but down, condescend, coming further down from where God was to meet the world, to meet a fallen race. And he would be born from parents the guardian protect the Jewish people, friend, is our guardian protector. As the angel of the Lord, the wisdom of God in human flesh, was born in Bethlehem. Look at Isaiah 9, verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called what? Wonderful. That's going back to Samson's story. His name shall be called Wonderful, just like The angel of the Lord says, you see that my name is Wonderful. But he didn't tell him what his name is. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. An angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph. Not the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord. While the angel of the Lord had clipped his wings, had condescended down to become a human zygote, developing as an embryo in Mary's womb. And so the direction was given to an angel to go to Joseph. The wonderful name was at last revealed to Joseph just before Christmas. 
The man who adopted the Son of God was given the wonderful name that is above all names. Matthew 1, verse 20. But as he considered this, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Now, what makes his name so wonderful? For he will save his people from their sins. The wonderful name. Above all names, his name is wonderful. Take the name of Jesus with you. Forget not all God's benefits, that he is our wonderful God. And forget not that Christ is more than just a baby. Christ is God in human form, the mighty angel of the Lord. And that Christ is the wonderful name. That will conclude today's Reaching Your Heart entitled, His Name is Wonderful. You can find it online at reachingyourheart.com along with many other messages. They're available for you. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com. Once again, reachingyourheart.com. There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today. And as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.